Hi, and welcome to All Bases Covered, the podcast that helps you navigate the beauty industry and cut through the bullshit. Should we talk about who we are? All right, so take it away, Laws. Tell us about yourself. Uh, Well, I am a beauty buyer and I have worked internationally, so I've worked the UK and Australia. You're our beauty guru. Yeah, I'm your beauty guru, which really seems a bit weird to me, but Laws knows everything. I definitely don't know everything. So, my name is Lisa and I am a makeup artist. And maybe importantly that I'm the only soldier left on the store floor. Store yeah. floor? I think that's Shop important. Floor? Yeah, that's Shop absolutely floor? important yeah. because you're like one on one with like the customers and yeah. the consumers every day. You're actually talking about beauty. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean I look at spreadsheets and like look at slideshows and then I decide what's happening and what the next trends are, but like you actually know. Yeah, and I would maybe say that I'm like the only retail worker that doesn't hate it. <laughs> That's really important when you've been there for that long. Yeah, where's my trophy? Alex, tell us about you. I am uh, the boring one of the group. No, I'm just a regular old beauty consumer, but probably a little bit more of an obsessive beauty consumer than your regular. absolutely beauty obsessed. Yeah. You haven't lost your soul. We've sort of lost... (laughs) Beauty is our passion, but beauty is also our job, whereas Alex has this true passion because it's no longer her job and you still love it. Give me the podcasts. Give me the influencers. Give me every brand. I'll try it all. We met on the shop floor about five years ago. We worked retail together, beauty retail, Mm -hmm. and we've gone our separate ways in terms of career paths, but we're still very closely bonded together by our love of food and makeup, beauty, dogs. Yeah. And also excited that we get to hang out every week for this podcast. (laughs) Uh, That's the tea on that. We have to talk about beauty news and something big that has happened this week. I'm going to throw this over to our resident consumer slash YouTube expert. Yeah. Ooh, hi. Alex. <laughs> Alex knows everything there is to know about this, so take it away, Al. Jacqueline Hill has deleted Instagram and Twitter after her lipstick scandal. Well... I mean, we've got a fair way back to go here. It depends yeah. how deep mm. we want to dig. Yeah, a little um, deep. Lauren, you don't know a lot about influencers. Do you know who Jaclyn Hill is? I mean, I I know who Jaclyn Hill is, but like, I don't watch her. I'm just, I don't really like the influencer culture. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, all you need to know is Jaclyn Hill is pretty much one of the OG beauty influencers, I would say. Yeah. She dates yeah. pretty far back. She was one of the first ones to start doing in like uh, Collabs, collaborations yeah. like with Morphe and whatnot as well, wasn't and she? And Becca. Like, Becca's pretty big. True. Yeah, Becca she did iconic. the Jaclyn Hill palette with Becca, which sold so well. No, Jaclyn Hill palette with Morphe, Champagne Pop with Becca. Oh my gosh, See, I'm so she sorry. knows. Yeah, she bloody knows. knows. <laughs> oh no, it's the Chrissy Teigen palette that I'm using. Yeah, you idiot. Becca. Yes. Oh, I'm the worst buyer ever. <laughs> <laughs> So, story goes, essentially, that Jaclyn Hill, many moons ago, like literally years ago, was like, I'm bringing out a makeup line. And everyone was like, woohoo, can't wait. Waited years, literally years. Um, And eventually, she finally was like, it's here. So exciting. She bought out a collection of nude lipsticks, Mm -hmm. essentially. So nudes for all skin tones, which was amazing. Yay for inclusivity. They range from really, really nude for your fairest porcelain skin, all the way through to some really deep, like, cocoa shades for, like, the more... Yeah, melanin enriched of Which is our amazing, community. It's yeah. hard to find the right nude based in your skin tone. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So it was great, and everyone was really excited about it. She kind of announced it. They came out within a few weeks of her announcing it. I would say. Yeah. And then very quickly, 
some shit started to hit the fan. Yeah. Um, both influencers and the regular community alike were receiving products that had hairs or little bubbles in the lipstick. Fuzzies. Fuzzies, we'll call them. Yeah. And also um, little black spots through the lipsticks as well that people were saying was mold. There was like... It looked like the lipsticks had sweat. It looked like the oils had congealed in funny ways. And anyway, it was a whole debacle. So she came out and was like, there's a really small portion of you guys that are having these issues. We're looking into it. I'll get back to you kind of thing. Yeah. Went radio silent for a little bit. And was More... it a small portion of people? No. Well, it just like Twitter was starting to slowly to go, yeah. blow up. And eventually she came out, did a video that sounded like it was recorded in 1.5 speed. She spoke <laughs> so quickly the whole yeah. way through. And what was she saying? And she was basically defending her brand. She had all of these documents and was like, this is, you know, the reason for the white fuzzies. It's because my lab, you know, all the people doing quality control had white gloves on whilst they were quality controlling. No one lipsticks. should be wearing a white Because they didn't want to just use regular gloves. They wanted to, like, she tried to make it sound like it was bougie. Yeah. She had a basically a rebuttal for every problem. Every single thing. But which was that's annoying. just not hygienic. Like, no. you need to have something that separates, yeah. like, your sweat. She kept saying they had to change them, like, every so often to keep them hygienic. Like, every time they came on and off the floor, they have to change them. Well, so that's just a white waste. fuzzies fluffing around all through the thing. And it's like, why? That does if not that make is any legit. sense Did you not think that? Anyway, yeah. then what happened was people blew up about the video. About a week later, she said, you know what? I'm sorry this is happening. I'm refunding everyone. So she went blanket, re- blanket refund. You're either having an issue or you're not. Yeah. I'm giving you your money back and everyone is keeping the lipsticks and we're going to start fresh. And then I, I think- respect that, I think. But how, but far, I don't, how long did she, it take before she decided to do that? Yeah. Correct. Weeks. And yeah. literally people were so angry at this point about it. And the fact that she was only addressing it when people were talking about it. Yeah. It's, and yeah. like so, the noise got too loud. It did. That she had to do something about yeah. it. And her brand was being accused of deleting people's Instagram comments afterwards saying, you know, I've commented about my refund. I haven't received it. And yeah. they were deleting the comments. So it's all a big debacle. Anyway, then she deleted her Twitter and her Instagram account. So, so did she delete her Instagram, her personal Instagram account, or did she delete her brand Instagram account. Personal. And I believe everyone talks about, oh, they've deleted their account, rah, rah, rah. You can just deactivate it. She didn't she delete it. has not deleted it. it She's going to come back in a week's time with her millions of followers and it's all going to be normal. Uh-huh. I feel like from a business perspective, she didn't handle her first crisis well as a business owner. No. I'm just a little bit surprised that as it is your first product that this could happen. Usually founders are like very, very extremely controlling, especially when it is their first product because it's absolutely their baby, which Mm. is completely understandable. Like this is their life's work. Like how did this happen? Like Mm. how did these go out? How did they pass quality control? How was it not flagged? The quality controllers with the white gloves. No. One other thing that I forgot to bring up is that Marlena from Makeup Geek. (gasps) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Brought out this, like, I didn't watch it. I'm the first to admit I did not watch the full, like, hour and 50 minute video that she brought out. I read, like, the anecdotal review of it Mm -hmm. on, like, Pop Sugar or something. And basically it said that Jaclyn Hill and Marlena had a big falling out a while ago because Jaclyn Hill screwed over Marlena on a collab that they were going to do together. Yes. And then what happened was... Apparently, Marlena helped Jacqueline Hill to, like, start up her brand in the beginning. Yeah. And she said to Jacqueline, don't use this factory. 
I've used them myself. I've had these issues with white fuzzies, with the lipsticks, you know, coming out with inconsistent quality, all this sort of stuff. And she said she saw Jaclyn Hill walking out or like around that factory one day and was like, I'm warning you now. I've used them. I've gone away from them. Don't go there. And she still used them. So Marlena was kind of like, sus bitch, I told you. Yeah. Mm. It's really disappointing that if that is true, that she's obviously decided to go with what's going to be cheaper in terms of production than quality. From a branding point of view, I also think that she's made some really interesting choices. I find it interesting that she called her lipsticks and monogrammed her lipsticks Jacqueline Hill, but her brand name is now Jacqueline Cosmetics, so she's removed the hill, even oh. though she said when her and her husband broke up, it's amicable, I'm keeping hill, hill has become my brand, which totally fair enough, yeah. Yeah. but she's inconsistent in what she's labelling her brand. And also, I, I found it interesting that through their Instagram presence, there was Jacqueline Cosmetics, which was obviously doing all the crisis management and all that sort of stuff. But she was still coming at it as like the brand spokesperson and brand influencer. Yet there was this disconnect between the customer service team definitely being separate to Jacqueline, but them still reposting all of her content. And it wasn't coming from the brand. It was coming from Jacqueline. Yeah. I found it to be an interesting disconnect that I didn't really resonate with. And I think that if you are trying to be your brand, Jacqueline should have been doing takeovers on the Jacqueline Hill Instagram account or something to make it seem more personable. I completely agree. And I think especially when your brand is purely built off you being an influencer. Yeah. Like that is a hundred percent part of your brand. I agree. You should have. I think that she should have not started with the Jacqueline Cosmetics Instagram account and all that sort of stuff. I think she should have launched the brand as Jacqueline Hill. Yeah. And then after the successful lipsticks, then created like a brand page and moved everything across and been like, my brand is successful. It's up and running. Here it is. Yeah. Cool. Speaking of successful lipsticks. Oh yeah. Let's move on to Lisa Eldridge. So if you don't know who Lisa Eldridge is, you are missing out. She is a, I love Lisa. Yeah. She is a celebrity makeup artist she is classy, she is oh. intelligent, she is educated, she is wonderful. She's so good she at is what she does. Beauty, like she, she is grace. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. She is beauty and she is grace. And if you haven't seen her, this is like, I guess she's not really an influencer, but this is probably the one person who I would watch their YouTube videos and I would follow very closely because she's phenomenal. I take back what I said about Jacqueline Hill being the OG beauty influencer. Lisa, Lisa Eldridge, Eldridge and Pixie yeah. Wu. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of still think Lisa Eldridge is a little bit underground. Like, people don't know her as an influencer. Yeah, yeah. The difference between Lisa Eldridge is she is an established makeup artist yeah. and had a sort of celebrity, you know, following and everything before, For years before and years that. And, years. and her YouTube is more about educating the public versus yeah. bringing her name higher. Anyway, yeah. now you know who she is. <laughs> she, last year... About a year ago Yeah, no, it was last year. It was the end of last year. Yeah. Around September, October, I think. Launched a range of red lipsticks. Which looked so phenomenally amazing. They were like matte velvet. The actual bullet was made looked to like look velvet. like velvet. Yeah. They were so classy. They, they sold out in like 45 minutes. Yeah. Wow. So it was a small production run, but I tried to get my hands on some and I couldn't. Which and you were living in and I London. was living in the UK as well. So if I couldn't get it when it was like I was awake the time that it was live, like it just went it went so quickly. Mm. So those have since sold out. And a PSA for anyone that is interested, they are coming back in about two to three weeks. I think we have to get one. <laughs> yeah, we do. We really do. But the current lipstick range is summer pink, and there are four pink lipsticks there's a couple of different formulas so there's there's two bold ones Mm -hmm. there's like a bright pink neon pink think nas she up yeah ish Mm. 
And then there's a deeper, bright pink with more of like a tiny bit of purple in it. Mm-hmm. Think Nas funny face. Or yeah, oh, I was yeah, literally yeah. thinking that or um why there's a YSL lipstick yes. that is like of that vibe. Yes. Um so those so beautiful. And then the other formula she was talking about, she kept talking about them being like semi-sheer and she kept using the word loose like a loosened finish oh i like that and all that was coming to my mind like a gloss and a lipstick yes but like looser less tacky so all that came to my mind was shantakai lip chic and i feel like they're that sort of glidey sheeny but not glossy or sticky are they pigmented or are they like they're semi-sheer so they've got love it yes i so okay, I'm torn every day because I really want to buy one to try the formula. Mm. Like they'll be sold out by now anyway. But the colors True. were like nice, but not what I would usually, would get. usually buy. So I'm really excited to see. The reds. What I thought was so interesting was in her video where she introduced you to the lipsticks. Sounds weird, but that kind of <laughs> is what happened. Yeah. It was like the best. She said, this is number two and this one didn't make it. And it was her lip color, but better. And it was amazing. And she was saying that, she loved it. She wanted a pinky nude for everyone. Um, but heaps of her celebrity clients had liked it. And then it got through the sort of simple production stage well. But when they went to mass production, mm. that she found it literally a smidge grittier than her regular lipsticks. And that her celebrity clients and other people weren't noticing. But that she was like, I will not have anything that is not 100%. I love that. And so she cut it. Me too. And, and that was what Jaclyn Hill did not do. Yeah. And that is why Jaclyn Hill is Jaclyn Hill. And that is why Lisa, Lisa Eldridge, Eldridge is Lisa Eldridge. Is Lisa Eldridge. It's amazing to hear of someone talking the talk and yeah. being like, I've nailed everything. This has gone yes. through a hundred rounds of changes. Yeah. I've gone through five factories, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. then someone just being like, didn't make a cut, so I cut it. Yes. Yeah. And she was like, oh, hear. Alexa Chung loved it, but like wasn't enough like yeah oh <laughs> she's, sorry she's the most amazing person yeah. ever but i think also lisa eldridge started so so small like she started with three lipsticks really small production run like she didn't just go all in yeah. like jacqueline hill did and just make 18 lipsticks mm. which is quite a large lipstick Extensive. line in the first place when you think about the brands that have done really really well they start off with one or two colors i was thinking like, also pat mcgrath yeah. Pat McGrath, like, Kylie mm. Cosmetics as well. No, you're like, right. Started yeah. only with a couple of shades. So true. Oh, Alex, we've got one last bit of beauty news. Oh, it's Jamie Genevieve's mm. wedding. I have <laughs> no idea. Who we need to translate is. for Loz. Go ahead, Alex. You know more about her. She's from Glasgow. <laughs> I shouldn't that do was that. A I'm going to get accent. shot by a Scottish person. Do not <laughs> ever do that again. I take it back. Oh, she's from Glasgow. <laughs> no. <laughs> she's from Glasgow. And she's about to get married and the reason that we love jamie genevieve is because she's very down to earth i reckon jamie genevieve is the original insta baddie in that yes she did the smoky really winged out eyeshadow looks but with amazing flawless skin and just looks so fierce all the time this person is not ringing any bells no no in the slightest i don't expect her to but anyway she's getting married i just wanted to say i thought that her wedding was going to be really cool girl vibes but i feel like she's really embracing the wedding life and i'm excited to see what she comes up with Moving on, was the week of all weeks in Australia. It's like the most glitzy week of all. Oh. It was the Logies. The like, TV week Logies. Yes. <laughs> I want to preface this conversation by saying I know nothing about Australian celebrities. Oh, I watched yeah. zero TV 
I'm pretty terrible as well, to be honest. Mm, um, yeah. I literally know Zoe Foster Blake, and that's about it. And that's probably all we need to know because she was the queen. She was the, the Logies. Like she looked absolutely great. <laughs> oh, I'm diving right in. Great, I yeah. love that her and Rebecca Harding are friends, given that they're Hamish and Andy. Yeah, I think that that's really, really cute, ladies. And I think that Rebecca Harding also nails it every single time. Cool. Yeah. So you have covered my two <laughs> of the three that I had. Oh, sorry, best makeups, but that's fine. That means yeah, that means that. We we all have um, a you know a good agreement. So Rebecca Harding wore this beautiful white dress. We're not talking about fashion, but her makeup was just fresh. It was glowy and quite lashy. And Chantal Baker did that. I didn't love her hair though. Um, I I think I'm a bit jaded because I just like I everything she did was fine to me because it was her. I wanted to say on the lashes, I really liked that her dress was feathery and I would also call her eyelashes feathery. Yes. I feel like it was just such a complimentary vibe. So Zoe Foster Blake's makeup was also beautiful and hers was by a makeup artist that I do follow, Serena Wiley, who I think I saw a photo of her and she was much younger than I thought she was. She looks like a baby face, but did a really beautiful sort of bronzy eye and she mm-hmm. had that neon sort of neoprene dress and it yeah. just worked so perfectly. So we had such a great tan on as well. Like she yes, was so, so natural and it wasn't orange at all. Do we know who did her tan? I do not know who did her tan, but I would love to know what it was. Oh, Spray Oz. There you go. Uh, was it? Yeah. Interesting. I okay, cool. have something controversial to say. I don't like Spray Oz. Ooh, she's thrown it out. Did That's you try it before your wedding? I tried it pre-wedding. I yeah. tried both the original spray oils and then I tried the ultra dark spray oils. I hated both of them. Found the undertones to be shocking. Found it to be really drying. And I think that it's made for the type of person who gets a natural tan quite easily. Oh. And I'm not that person. I'm not that person either. Pigment, no. even if it's fake, doesn't really adhere to my skin very well. I'm the same. Yeah. yeah. Really, really difficult. God, that was whiny of me. But yes, I am the yeah. same. Okay, well, interesting. Anyway, that is very interesting because it looks bomb as on Zoe. Yeah, mm. it did look really good on her. Quickly, before I forget mine, as we've already covered two, I'm going to go in with my third. <laughs> and her name is Melina Vidler. I have literally no see. idea who she is. Maybe home and away or neighbours or something, but holy shit, she's you stunning. You should this first. Mm, I'm sorry, but I don't actually care enough. I do know who her makeup artist was. Melissa Gigliotti. I think she did hair and makeup. Okay. Oh, so pretty. Not going to describe it massively to you because it doesn't matter. You can always search her, but it was sort of a matte brown smoky eye with this sort of feline shaped eyeliner without it being too winged out. Very yeah. Charlotte Tilbury vibes Are on the eyes. And a pinky nude lip. Oh, wow. Amazing. For all you listeners at home, just pretend you're looking at my phone screen. Absolutely stunning. (laughs) Beautiful blend. Oh, I just love it. Who did you guys like? Well, I really liked Sylvia Jeffries. I thought she looked really, really beautiful. And she is famous for... (laughs) She is... Isn't she not on... um... That breakfast show. Like today? Yeah, she's on the Today Show. Um, She's a journalist and I thought she looked beautiful. I think the best thing that I really loved about her is that she hasn't gone too full on, which I found that a lot of the women walking the red carpet just went like a bit too harsh. And although she's wearing quite a lot of makeup because she's getting flash photography, when you see a picture of her, it doesn't look like she's wearing a lot of makeup. Essentially, her skin is really, really clear. It's really perfect. She's wearing a nice nude lip. She's got quite heavy eyeliner, um, but it looks like she's got like a bronzy 
eyeshadow. Her eyes are a bit hooded, so it was quite difficult to actually see. I think she looks amazing and her hair is really, really simple. She's wearing these gorgeous earrings. Like, you just can't really go wrong. Can we credit the hair and makeup artist? Do you know who they yeah, are? Yeah, oh my gosh, absolutely. So her makeup artist is Joanne Bentley Makeup and her hair was done by Morgan Hill Hair. I also just have an interesting point. I get <laughs> Watch me raise an interesting point that I find really interesting. <laughs> um, coming from an artistry perspective, do we think that some of the reason behind why we weren't necessarily loving all of the makeups, which in general we were saying we found that some of the makeup was a little bit heavy, yeah. do we think that being that it's a TV show awards, people were Ooh. getting their TV makeup artists that they might normally use and not getting red carpet makeup artists? That Whereas, is a really good point. Yeah. If you look at the ones that we've mentioned, it's been Chantel Baker... Yep. And some of the other people are more red carpet makeup artists and yeah. they're more used to that red carpet makeup versus a TV or movie makeup, which is beautiful but heavier. Well, just to rebut your point is that Joanne Bentley is actually one of the Channel 9 makeup artists. Oh, there you go. Obviously, they can do both, but maybe that's one of the reasons why we saw a bit of a discrepancy in the style of makeup because the styles are slightly different and maybe mm-hmm. some of the artists don't do both yeah, absolutely. as well as others. I'm sure I would do a terrible job on TV. They'd probably look like they'd had pizza rubbed on their face. It'd be <laughs> so shiny. I'd be like, love the glow, honey. Work. <laughs> I don't have a favourite for my third. I have a disfavourite. Oh, go Who's for it. Savage. Favorite. Who is that? Um, it's Delta Goodrum's look. And uh, I really prefer her when she looks more natural Australian beachy beauty. Yeah. And I felt like she looks really heavy. Her makeup aged her terribly. It was the wrong colour foundation. It was too heavy for her. Her eyelashes were too large and in charge. Yeah. The whole thing for me was just a bit of a train wreck for Delta Goodrum. And I feel a bit bad for her because she's naturally she's very stunning. Beautiful. Oh, you're she's right. Her inner corners person. are popping up. And her blush is so old lady. Yeah. Okay. Also, her eyes just look very small when they're not. She's so beautiful. It would be really hard work to not make her look beautiful. And let's just ignore the makeup artist so that we don't throw shade their way but that is not my favorite look on her i just want to also just touch on one last thing and that is the sheer number of people walking that red carpet that we noticed had flashback so many so many again i'm putting it down to people used to tv and not flash photography i'm doing it i'm saying it i think you have to it could be but like what are they using that is giving that much flash spfs mineral powders with silica time like surely everyone knows that spf has flashback i noticed a decent amount of flashback purely under the eye as well so i think that the culprit is silica powder for all of you people out there that don't know what that is a lot of those hd fine translucent powders contain silica which reflects light and makes you look like you have cocaine under eyes so (laughs) lisa like what are a couple of powders that don't have that in it in case people are looking for it. Oh, okay. Um, the Laura Mercier translucent powder does not have that. The Hourglass Veil translucent mm, setting powder does great. not have that. Also, you can go for the Hourglass ambient lighting powders. Although mm. they're not loose, they make a beautiful under eye setting powder. Yeah. And they're very photogenic. Yeah. Send me all of your residual stock, please, for the love of God. Samantha Ravendell just did a really great video of all of her favourite discontinued products, oh. all of her heartbreaks in her life. So Lisa has a heartbreaking product discontinuation to bring to us today. Should we call them graveyards or like wakes? Is this a wake for the product? Oh, I guess it is more of a wake, it? Isn't is it? more of a wake. morning them. Yeah, so this week was a really hard week for me because Laura Mercier brought out new lip liners and like sort of reformulated their lip liner. 
and I love the Laura Mercier lip liners. They are dry, but not drying, like sort of a hard pencil yeah. and waxy. My favorite color was naked. Love it. Wear it with everything. I have three favorite lip liners in life. One mm. is Pillow Charlotte Tilbury. <laughs> One is Bobby Brown Beige. And oh, this sits exactly in the middle. Pillow Talk is a bit pinker. Beige is a bit paler and peachier. <laughs> Laura Mercier brought out new lip liners and they expanded the range i looked at it i was so excited i was staring at the gondola (laughs) let me find where naked is with its new packaging and it's got a bit of a fancier lid now Mm. they discontinued the nude (laughs) have you bought as many as you possibly can i can actually see you like running around to a cost i've (laughs) searched every single mecca store they're gone so i have this one here they're gone Oh, mm. it is a really nice colour. It's got Too Faced Perfect nude vibes. Okay. Not quite as... That is another mm, lip liner that morph. happened years ago and I am in mourning still because the Too Faced lip liners were the best lip liners that I think have ever been created. Except for these ones. Well... No, they were different. They were they waxier. They were different. They were waxier and they were a twist up and you really, really, really find that a twist up crayon pencil is really creamy and really great. And doesn't dry out. And doesn't dry yeah. out. And theirs was just next level. Well, I still have two perfect nudes left and I've got this naked pencil and I actually do think I have one spare. So I will bury the two together for you. <laughs> Could we please do a swatch comparison for everyone who may or may not want to follow us yeah. on Instagram? Hey, that's shameless a great plug. Idea. Yeah, that love that. Maybe you can help plug. Lisa find a dupe. Yes. Okay, True. cool. So mission for everyone. <laughs> find a dupe and I will also show you it in between my other two favourite lip liners just to give you guys a great vibe of my lip liner quest in life. Find a dupe and Lisa will send you the other half of her unused Laura Mercier lip liner. <laughs> you she clearly won't. don't know how sad I am, mate. It's going... She is not doing that. I've got one that I will continue to use and I have one that goes in my drawer of dedicated products for your wedding. that have been discontinued that I save for my wedding. <laughs> we are going to be creating this really wet rotisserie chicken makeup look. Guys, what's your favourite product of the week? My favourite product this week is... The Ren AHA Toner. And now, let me talk to you about this. So I've been a devoted Dr. Dennis Gross Peel Pad user for many years now. I've gone from extra strength to extra gentle. And I'd gone through about two boxes of extra gentle when I realized my skin was still breaking out. And I said to Lisa, oh dear Lisa, makeup goddess, please help me. Why is my skin breaking out? And Lisa went, you idiot, it doesn't have salicylic acid in it. And I went, of course. I also wanted to slightly go down the path of being a little bit less wasteful with Mm. my skincare consumption. And whilst I am obviously using cotton rounds with my toner, I'm not using a alfoil packaging every time I want to peel pad my face. So the Ren AHA toner has glycolic acid, and oh god she's squinting it's got willow bark which is a natural form of salicylic Mm -hmm. it doesn't have glycolic it Mm -hmm. has lactic thank you which is more hydrating great for brightening and azelaic azelaic good girl (laughs) which is a calming acid and helps with redness and also helps with a little bit of pigmentation yeah really good for brightening pigmentation Mm -hmm. both sort of sunspots, also post-acne scarring. I have freckles and I also have a little bit of rosacea vibes. So Mm -hmm. I've found it to be really great. 
It's helped my dryness, and I think I'll continue to love it and use it. It Yay. is a very good product. Very yeah. affordable, too. Yes. Yeah, it's a good price point. My favorite product of the week is um, a new launch, and it's actually from Mecca Cosmetica. So Mecca's Ooh, signature duos. line. It's the duos. What's so a duo? It is a limited edition item, which is sort of heartbreaking. Ugh. But it's a... Add it to the graveyard. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It is on one side the Enlightened Highlighting Balm, which is a classic. It's a really champagne-y, dewy, balmy Mm. highlighter. So Mm -hmm. it looks like sheen versus glitter. On the other side, so it's like a lip balm kind of screw situation and they they panel on... Yeah, back on I each hate other. it. Like no. child makeup. No. Yes, no. it is. No, it is like child makeup, but it's really nice. My only concern is that in hot weather they might sort of melt onto the lid oh, of each yeah. other. Oh, yeah. very good thought. Yeah. The other end is a cream blush, but it's almost a cream gel texture. So mm. comparing it to the Stiller cream blushes, which are really creamy. You know when you put a Stiller cream blush on and you put it on yourself or you maybe put it on a more mature skin and... Every hair and pore on the face is shown. It adds thickness. Yes, it adds Mm. a texture on the skin. This has the sort of sheerness, almost looseness to it, Lisa Eldridge, where there's no texture on the skin. It's almost like a jelly Mm -hmm. and it's almost staining. I would like to liken it to the new Nude Sticks Cheek Balms. Mm-hmm. which you may or may not have used, and I haven't used it myself either, but I've seen many people use them, and they sound exactly like that, that loose, slippy gel consistency yeah. that you sort of, yeah, just you can tap on and you can almost blend it out to nothing. Exactly right. <laughs> so there is three shades. There's one that's quite like a true baby pink. There's one that's like a little bit more of a peachy pink, and then the one that I'm obsessed with is called Rose. However, I think that's a poor name choice for it. Because it's not rosy. Oh, you said poor. I thought you said porn name. (laughs) (laughs) It's not called candy. (laughs) It's not rosy. This is peachy. Like, it's a peachy brownie pink. And it is so perky. I wore it to work and all of the girls were like, oh, your face. Like, what is that? Yeah. And I feel like it's the kind of thing that you could wear over no makeup and throw that on. I see why they've bought it out as sort of a limited edition, everyone yeah. going to Europe thing. How would it go over the top of foundation? So, like, does it move anything? No, I was wearing it over powder bronzer and powder blush and a hot tip, tapped it on my lips and I wore it as a lip stain and it looks like uh, monochromatic beauty. <laughs> I would like to ask, is it similar in tone, would you say, to luster? I'm trying to, like, put Mm -hmm. it in. Luster's a bit more golden. Uh, No. Okay. Okay, it's similar to the concoction that I get when I mix a Glossier, I think, beam with dusk. It's kind of similar. Like, I felt like it was doing for my face what my Hourglass Dim Infusion does. I was just going to say, is it similar to Dim Infusion in, like, that peachy, brownie? peach nude. Lauren? So the product that I am loving this week is actually a sheet mask. It's by a brand called Nesco. Mm. Have you not tried it? Who does? amazing. Oh my god, I hate when I feel uncool. <laughs> so Nesco is an Australian slash Australian. American brand. So the founder is actually Australian, but she lives in LA. They kind of market it as a American brand, but really she's Australian. She's from Perth. It's beautiful so it is it's a biocellulose yeah it is it wait is does it go it does it go on and set rubbery or the actual mask no is, no, no yeah, the okay. actual ra- mask yeah so yes. it's a biocellulose mask but in saying that there is 
30 mils of serum. Whoa! A whole serum! There is essentially an entire bottle of serum. That is mental. In every face mask. Can you get your money's worth out of it? Like, can you reuse it? How does it absorb? You can (laughs) reuse it. So if you... Charlotte Tilbury face mask vibes. Yeah, so if you look after this mask, like if you don't just like tear it off... And you're using clean hands and clean face, which you should be mm. if you were doing a face mask. You can put it back in and you can reuse it. I have a question. Yeah. The Charlotte Tilbury face masks that are of a similar biocellulose on the inside have that like almost cottony feeling on the outside yeah, yeah. and they're dry. No? No. So it doesn't do sound find... dry to me with 30 ml yeah, of serum. it's not dry How at do you all. find folding and unfolding this very <sighs> wet situation yeah true it's not the easiest thing in the world but to Mm. be honest it comes in a package in two halves so you've got the top half of the face and the bottom half of the face i like those because they tend to be so big they tend to be really big and also it just makes it so much easier for people who have like a really big face or a really small face (laughs) and it also means that you can cut it too so if you need to fit Mm. it to your face you can cut it if it's getting too far in your mm. hair. So talk to us. Is it a glowy mask? Is it a hydrating mask? What are yeah, the ingredients? Yeah, what does it do? So she's got a few different ones, but I use the Nano Gold, which is anti-inflammatory. It's also anti-aging. It's this really, really bright gold color. It sits on your skin and you feel like a million dollars when you're using it. She also blesses the masks as well, and she uses <laughs> stones. So <perf>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> so she actually uses gem stones in the mask which is why they're a little bit more expensive price point i think for us you can get them in single sheets and you can also get them in packs of four the nano gold is more ex- well no the diamond is the most expensive the nano gold i think is about 60 dollars for a sheet <gasps> no yeah if you can no. reuse them and you're getting 30 million yeah. in there that's a 60 dollar serum which yeah. is a lower which end is price point a low end. Like, but you're only using it Three times. I would say three to five times. Oh gosh, yeah. And there are a number of different masks that I could list to you that are so much more expensive than that. That's a really good point. I Yeah, if you break it down and you go three to five uses for a $60 mask, yeah. that's like 15 to $20 per use. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with yeah, that. But the difference between yeah. the biocellulose mask though and sheet mask like Cetatious mask is that if you leave the attachment mask on for too long, that mask will actually start reabsorbing the serum that is put into your skin. Ooh. Whereas the biocellulose doesn't have that opportunity. So you can leave it on forever. I have actually slept in biocellulose masks when I've had really bad eczema on my face because it doesn't pull hydration out. It, it just kind of gives you an extra layer and I it almost that. traps it. Thank that you. would be awesome on yeah. the plane because it would really stop that trans-epidermal water loss because exactly. nothing could get out and oh. none of the plane goobers could get in. Plane goobers. Mm. Speaking my language. I love that. Yeah, incredible. you would freak a lot of people out. Also incredible that you can sleep so beautifully that the sheet mask stayed on your yeah. plate. <laughs> Dante, you stay. Lisa, what's up next? It's snack of the week time. Oh, Alex, snack of the week. Curly welly squirrelies. <laughs> <laughs> I get I like a feeling the week, like, like this week. might just happen every week. <laughs> every week. That, there's no rules. No, I've not read a rule saying that I can't have the same snack of the week every week. There's no rules. I may or may not be lactose intolerant, but curly whirly squirrelies speak to me on another level. What a name. I know. <laughs> Essentially, so for anyone who is playing along at home, they are a Cadbury product. They are a curly whirly in a mini form, which makes them a curly welly squirly. Yeah. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're caramel shaped, they're oh. worm shaped caramel. 
with coated in chocolate. Yeah, with like a kind of shitty chocolate coating, which yeah, in like a good way. Good. Yeah. It's not like it's a compound good chocolate. chocolate. Yeah. It's delightful. And it's delightful. they're chewy, they get stuck in your mm. teeth. I could eat a whole bag in five minutes flat. Yeah. I ate a whole bag of caramels today, Cadbury caramels. I love you. <laughs> I'm a monster. Um, but that's not my favourite of the week. My favourite of the week is, I want to say an unfavourite of the week. And there's Ooh. a little, I'm going to make it brief, but we had people over on Friday night and all you of... You people over? Yeah, you guys were there too. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> that was us. And Brenton had all of his guy friends over as well. They were doing a, like a dweeby like Dungeons and Dragons games night. It, was so it wasn't that. It's something else. Settles of Catan. So um, all of his friends brought over. There was lots of shapes, lots of salt and vinegar chips. There was a dairy milk hazelnut block on the bench. And I actually said to Brenton, who the fuck bought that and why did they buy it? Like... Literally, if you're standing the in the worst junk chocolate. food it's aisle, like, like, I'm gonna get fruit and nut. Oh, chocolate. I was gonna say it's like that is a fruit and nut kind of no. guy, and I smashed the whole block. <laughs> <laughs> I need to preface this that it's not saying that it's a good chocolate bar if I eat the whole block because I can do that with most things, but I really, I kind of liked it. Would potentially buy again? No, you wouldn't. No, I would buy again in this lifetime. If there were no other chocolates in the supermarket, you wouldn't go with nothing. (laughs) Well, my snack of the week is actually going to be the Kit Kat chocolate lock, Mm. which we actually just smashed. Lisa and I just shared a block. (laughs) Okay, can I just clarify? Maybe 10 minutes. In Alex's thing, I was like, yeah, I ate a whole bag of caramels today. And then in mine, I ate a whole block. block And you smashed half a block of Kit Kat with me. Mm, How's your week been, Lisa? (laughs) (laughs) It's better than regular Kit Kat. It is better than regular Kit Kat. And I'm not 100% sure why. I think maybe there's a little bit more chocolate on the bottom. I think it's also the, like, freedom that you can be like, oh, I'm going to have more than two rooms joined together. You don't Mm. realise how many you're having. We all had chocolates. Yeah. yeah. We need more diversity. You'll have to carry us on the savoury bad wagon, Elle. I can take one for the team. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. The next thing that I want to talk about is our ingredient breakdown, ceramides. They are a skincare ingredient that I think is vastly overlooked. Ceramides are a lipid that exists in the skin and it helps to make up our skin barrier. If you have an impaired skin barrier, essentially all of your water can just like fly out of your skin by transepidermal water loss because there's nothing holding it in. And all of the pollutants and all of those nasties and free radicals can get straight into your skin because, again, there's nothing holding it out. Ceramides kind of form like a blanket on your skin to keep all of the nasties out and all of the good stuff in. And they make the biggest difference in my skin and a lot of other people's skin, which I think we will cover later. I'd be interested to find out from you whether you feel that a ceramide is better in any particular product or order of skincare. So, for instance, because a ceramide is an oil-based, like a lipid-based product, do you think that it sits better in a moisturizer than it would, for instance, in a wash or a serum or anything like that? Interesting you say that because I would typically say I'd want it as my last step because I think of my moisturizer as that blanket that locks everything in. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense for me to be using like a ceramide moisturizer to lock in the oils and the hyaluronic acid that I've used. However, I have used ceramides in the QV body wash Mm -hmm. and it leaves a residue on my skin beautifully and the QV body moisturizer. We'll talk about it in a minute, but I've used it in a serum 
and I've also used it in masks and moisturizers and I feel the effect no matter where I've used it in my routine. Love it. And what would be an ingredient um, if someone was like reading the back of their labels that you would say this is a ceramide? It literally says ceramide. And then it says NP, and then there's another couple of letters that can come after it. Okay, so it's not like one of those it's um, not like, hyaluronic acid and you can say that yes, in five different hyaluronic. ways. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yes, no. And a lot of the time when you're reading a package, things to look for is it might say ceramides or it might say something like fortifies the skin barrier or strengthening skin barrier or something yeah. like that because that's what ceramides are really known for, improving barrier function. And poor barrier function leads to sensitized, dry, dehydrated or angry skin. Can I ask one more question? Please. (laughs) (laughs) Difference between ceramides and Amigas. That's a really good question. Yeah, they both make up that skin barrier, but they're both different kinds of lipids. Because normally I've heard a lot about Amigas and like there's been a conversation for a really long time about taking Amigas, so eating your fish oils and how the Amigas do help to build up your skin's barrier. So Mm -hmm. I'm interested to know what is the difference. (laughs) I really should scrub off on my skin fizz, but I'm pretty sure that they're just different type of lipids. So yep. you've got your fatty acid, which are your omegas, and then your ceramides are a different kind of lipid. I okay. think they're a different molecular makeup. Yep. And both of those are very important in your skin's barrier. Those are the two main fats or lipids that we talk about. And do you think that you should use them together? Yeah. I think if you want good good skin function, you need omegas, you need water Mm -hmm. in the form of hyaluronic acid to lock water in, and then you need ceramides. And I have one more question, even though I... Yeah, you lied to me the last time. (laughs) Would you suggest that someone who has an oily skin should steer clear of ceramides? Yeah, because I think you can be oily and dehydrated. Most people are. Yep. So they will be oily, yes, mm-hmm. but they will still be dehydrated, which means they lack water, which means their skin barrier is probably compromised. Also, ceramides and omegas are really important for keeping the nasties out. And if you think of an oily skin, they have more sebum production. They're more likely to get congested skin. Yeah. They're more likely to then be slightly acne prone. And if you have a strong skin barrier, then that bacteria and all of those nasties can't enter the skin and cause acne. So, yes, I would fight for ceramides that way. I'll fight for them anyway. (laughs) Thank you. That was fabulous. Girl, that's expensive. Okay, so this week we tried the Kate Somerville Ceramides and Amiga Serum. So, like you were just saying, Elf, should we combine both of them? Well, Kate Somerville have already done it, which is amazing. The brand is claiming that it's specifically formulated to be a restorative serum, so it's going to help smooth and shield the skin from harsh environmental aggressors. Can I quickly chime in and say, I'm just looking at the ingredients, ceramide NP was what I listed, but you also see ceramide AP and ceramide EOP. I have no idea what those actual (laughs) letters stand for, but there's three different types of ceramides for you, and I see them written quite frequently. Yeah, well... I really, really liked this product. Yeah. It felt beautiful on the skin, and I'm, like, quite difficult to get on board with another serum. Yeah, you are, because you have so many that you love. I have it's so like, many that I love. Bothered. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like when you really change out a serum because it is such an active part of your routine, you can completely see the difference. So for me to genuinely want to go and like have a full size and use it again and again and again, it's like pretty massive for me and I thought it was really lovely. I'd like to say I've already committed to repurchasing this even (laughs) before I've finished my first bottle. Yeah. Purely because 
I woke up with oil on my face. I do my makeup in a mirror with a ring light every morning because I'm that bitch. And I looked at my face up nice and close and I was like, holy shit, every pore on my nose has a tiny little pool of oil in it. And I was like... <laughs> Snaps for me. Snaps for my face. For how dry the three of us are, like, that is a pretty shock epic result. Yeah. That is exactly how I summarize the effect of ceramides on my skin. Hmm? The difference in my routine when I use a ceramide product is that in the morning, I still feel like there is some amount of hydration left on my face. Yeah. And that's what I'm really noticing with this. I've only ever used ceramides as a moisturizer or moisturizing mask step. So it's nice to try it in a different formula, I guess, and to have it in like a serum, you're generally going to find a higher percentage yeah. of the active ingredients. So yeah. it's nice to have heaps in there. Because I use a ceramide moisturizer or mask all the time anyway, I wanted to see that it was it working it on its own. So I actually did serum followed by oil followed by no moisturizer just to check. Ooh. Still felt good in the morning. Yeah. I'd like to also point out that I find this serum to be really lightweight. So whilst it's something that I added into my routine alongside an, an existing hydrating serum yeah. and an oil and a moisturizer, yeah. this didn't add a lot of weight into my skincare, which I really like. Exactly right. Potentially, if you weren't super dry, you could emit an oil from your routine mm-hmm, because you're definitely. getting that lipid yeah. content from this serum. What's the price point of it so that we can divulge? So it's $150 for a 30ml serum. I'll justify the price of it by saying that although... I obviously do use a lot of high-end skincare. I haven't seen any serums of this sort at a cheaper price point. So for me, if I had to choose more budget items, I'd be choosing them elsewhere. And your serum should always be your splurge anyway. If you care about us and you didn't hate listening to us, it would be awesome if you could follow us on allbasescovered.pod on Instagram. We'd love your snack recommendations, preferably something not chocolate-based. <laughs> and is that it for us? I think that's it I for us. I think that's all for us for this week. <laughs> all right. See you next week. Thanks Bye. for listening. Bye. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.